RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. Murray Chong is a new Plymouth District Councillor concerned about the council's proposed cycle lane, which will take away vital car parks outside businesses on New Plymouth's main street. Many of you around the country will kind of resonate with this. It's happened in many towns and particularly cities. Business owners are speaking out against the cycle lane plans. And Murray Chong joins us here at Reality Check Radio. Murray, welcome in. Thanks for making a bit of time for us from New Plymouth. Thanks. Thanks a lot for having me. Okay, so um, I've uh, seen the video that you've done on Facebook, which shows where all this is going to go. And I've uh, noticed some of the local or the news coverage of the local situation and some of the figures involved. First of all, the expenditure. We'll get to how many car parks there are, but it always fascinates me that in these um, tight times that uh, there is such a, a preparedness to spend millions and millions of dollars on these cycle lanes, which many people will say are hardly used. Well, certainly not to the value of the expenditure. Is that the same where you are? That's right. Um, you know, 10 years ago, we created um, cycleways and, and they sold us on so many people will be getting off their, out of their cars and onto buses and into cycles. Um, and it just didn't happen then. And I just don't think it's going to happen this time around either. Why do you think the obsession? Um, they've promised, um, it's, it's a political decision, I personally think, and they've promised to give out money. And I think they want to give out this money and get it approved before the election. We, we shouldn't be making these decisions, you know, just a few weeks out from the election. Um, so, you know, they've given promises. The money's coming from the Climate Emergency Fund. I think that emergency fund needs to go to more response. And this money, if it's going on highways, should really be going to the east coast of the North Island there. Well, first of all, the Climate Emergency Fund... Really? <laughs> yep, because they think um, they they think putting a few bikes on the road is going to fix the climate. Yet it's quite on ironically we're really pushing for uh, cruise ships to come to New Plymouth, and we've got quite a few coming uh, this summer, which is good news. But uh, of course, the cruise ships they use um, in emissions in a day what fifty thousand cars use. So you know, what's a few bikes going to do? Yeah, so so none of this makes really any logical sense, right? No, um, they're saying um, you know we've the the funny thing is we've got a let's go project um, and we've been having that run for ten or twelve years now. Yet we are the most uh, high risk and potential death, the highest risk in New Zealand. Um, you know, New Plymouth District Council is in Taranaki, um, so. I think the more bikes you put on, the higher risk of deaths you will get. You won't. You're not going to get zero deaths if you put more bikes um, in amongst in amongst cars. It's but, inevitable, I mean, isn't it? I mean, that is that's yeah. the laws of physics, right there. Yep. And the and the rule is this money has to be spent on state highways to put cycleways on state highways. Um, I believe state highways should be for vehicles only. It's a state highway, not a state bicycle way it's paid for by your government dollars um so what are we putting bikes on state highways for we should be taking them off state highways and putting them on parallel roads surely the responsibility of a council like yours district uh, council is to make sure that the business environment is vibrant 
it employs people it gives you know substance to um the local economy obviously it is the local economy and substance to an area it, it kind of underpins the uh, standard of living yet it seems that again it's okay to sacrifice businesses and i'm sure many have been there for quite some time um, yep. for this so tell us um about the flow on effects for business because again this is not an uncommon story we hear this from other towns and cities as well well i guess um the trend these days is um we don't just do the rates you know with our rates we don't just do rubbish roads and and water and we're going to obviously lose our water if we don't watch out um but now they've they're thinking about well-being okay and it's all about this well-being factor but honestly if you're What's best for the well-being of people? I mean, there's dozens and dozens of businesses that are going to lose their livelihood. They'll sell up. Um, not only that, but um, the potential loss in property values. Um, some people are now, they can't park outside their house. Um, it's 100 metres away. They have to park their vehicles just to get to their home, which traditionally they've had a car park or two outside. Um, you know, what well-being of losing thousands of dollars to the property of your house, all for the sake of uh, this one-off payment? So how many car parks will be taken away? Because that will give us an idea of, you know, how that will constrict businesses. And um, and what is that as a percentage of the parks? Okay, just for instance, um, I'll just use one area. I was up there this morning uh, talking to the business owners. Um, there's about seven or eight car parks outside, and it's a bakery, a um, beauty parlour, a hairdresser. Um, I think there's a takeaway store there. They're losing nine parks outside and they're only going to have one. Okay, so um, that's that's the effect. And they're saying if that's the case, people won't just pop in. They're called convenience stores for a reason because it's convenient just to park outside, pop in and buy your lunch or something like that. So um, we were originally told that uh, they could be losing up to 500 car parks and a few of us around the council balked at that idea. I came up, I said, well, look, can you have the option to have a design which will be half that? So maybe, you know, if that's your original design, come up with a design of 250 and then see if the people want to push bikes and lose 500 or or have 250. They've gone the other way. They came up with a plan with 826 lost. So that's the issue I have. They haven't listened to the public and they haven't got time to change the plan. And sorry, how, how does that happen? Um, how do you do I the complete opposite, that, the complete yeah. opposite to the common sense and, uh, um, I guess, compromising position? You, you you double down, you go the other way, right? That's right. So I, I guess I use the example of the tail wagging the dog. So, you know, we are supposed to make the decisions, but uh, they didn't follow our suggestion, came up with it, and there is no way that they can change the plan now, a million dollars, just for us, a million dollars has been spent on this plan. Um, it goes out for consultation. It's been out. The consultation was only a week. It's been out for um, on the 18th. We're supposed to make a decision. And if the decision is, look, we don't like this, go back and um, change the plan and design, they've got 10 days to change the plan and consult with the public and for us to re note on it which is impossible it is impossible sorry a million dollars for a plan how, how do you get to a million bucks for a plan well that's just for us um you know we've got 17 million of the 350 million 
So, you know, we've only got 5% of that. So there's $20 million around the country basically being spent on all these plans with no way of really changing the plan. Um, and I think a lot of councils are going back to the government and saying, look, it's, you've given us an impossible task. We need to extend the timeline. Who's doing the you plans? Know? Who's making that money? Um, local local council together with um, out-of-town designers. So a lot of the designers don't even live here. Okay. So the local council um, is making money from the planning, are they? Um, no, it's basically just getting a consultant and a roading consultant from uh, Wakakotai who specialises in cycleways. It's the, oh, same so, one so, that, it's, the same, so, it's the same guys that put the Tim Tams around in, in, in Auckland and Wellington that they've had to remove. Okay, so that's interesting. So Waka Kotahi makes the money available, gives it to the council, who then on spends it with consultants that are approved by, what, Waka Kotahi? Yeah. Is that how? So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so that's how, who clips the ticket on the way? Well, like I say, it's it's once more. All you're doing is paying consultants um, with with an unreal timeline. So, who actually, if we say no to this, guess who makes all the money? It's the consultants once again with no actual result. Yeah, but um, it's it's like Waka Kotahi um, are kind of putting the money through your entity for it to go back to where it could be directly spent anyway. I mean, is there any reason for doing that? I suppose you got to show that it's an arm's length process, but it's not really, is it? No, I can see where you're going to. Yeah. Um, well, you got to ask yeah, these questions using now. Their own consultants, so giving us the money, but we have to use their own consultants. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's an interesting way of of doing it. So, mm. all right. Um, and of um, course, and the reason I mention that is because there are relationships in that entity that will um, be revolving door relationships <laughs> that benefit from this kind of activity. We we have to acknowledge these things these days. We do. We have to consider it, I think. That's right. That's right. Um, we've even anyway. had um, the uh, manager of uh, EnviroWaste, who does all our rubbish collection, went to the council and has said, look, this plan's ridiculous. Um, I have to put my rubbish arm, and it, the rubbish arm goes straight over the cycleway to pick up all the rubbish tins. Oh, yeah, I know those things, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that could saying, be bad is, for a cyclist, right? <laughs> well, a lot of young kids, they, 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 they're not aware of around them because they've never had to drive a car. So they'll just bike with their heads down, especially if it's a headwind or rain, uh, and they could go straight into it. Why can't um, people bike on the footpath? It seems to me that not many people these days use the footpath. There's plenty of room on the footpath. Why can't footpaths be um, cycleways? Just, just thinking. Oh, I, I totally agree. Um, you know, we need to have a shared footpath, um, and and that's that's the angle I'm pushing. We really need to go there. We do not need to narrow our roads anymore because uh, we've got a growing population here. The reality is, um, and you know, we've got to do a reality check. The reality is, uh, you know, there's going to be more cars with a growing population, not less. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, they're not all going to ride bikes, are they? But there's no money to be made if you're using existing infrastructure, is there? No, and the other thing is, um, they're, they're saying that um, they're saying that uh, you know it's good for emissions to have bikes, but what's the cost of seventeen million dollars worth of concrete and roading and uh, design and all that sort of thing? What's 
what's the emissions spent by that? And are we actually going to recover that? It's not as if they're using electric front-end loaders. <laughs> or they still have to be charged. Yeah, I know. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, I know. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, again, none of it makes sense, except if you want to make work and create a money roundabout that is – I mean, you know, we're talking millions of dollars here. Millions money, of dollars. Yeah, it's a money roundabout for the government. Murray, it's and it's money easy money. For the hardworking businessman, that's the problem. For the consultants, yeah. it's easy coin. Okay, so yeah. what can be done? What can be done? Is, is there anything left that, in terms of, um, you know, businesses having their say, you putting pressure on? Yeah, so um, there is a petition going around. Um. And the good thing is we've almost got the numbers, um, but that petition, we only have to have 5% of the population to sign the petition, and then that could be carried forward to a referendum, a public-initiated referendum. So I think okay. even if we say no, this petition could actually force a referendum because I personally, out there, I might be wrong, but I think a lot of people don't want this. They don't want 826 car parks taken away from them. So um, I think that's the next step. If we as a council don't listen to the people, then I think um, the, the people of the you know of New Plymouth need to create a public um, initiated referendum. Okay, so is this, just, just to get our heads around this, is this a compulsory thing you have to put in a cycle way, you have to spend the money, or could the council say, nah, not interested, not doing it, have a nice day, see ya? Uh, we don't get the money. Uh, if we don't yeah, but but you don't get you don't get to spend the money anyway. You, you no. just it's just filtered through you, laundered. Some people might say to yeah. consultants. So what's the point of even being a middleman if you can't if it's you know no benefit? Oh, exactly. And what I fear is uh, if we do spend this money and we've spent it with so many rules and as as we've talked about, um, if we if we do spend this money and say yes, we've got the biggest amount of money. Um, per head of capita than any other province um, to do on the cycleway, um, which they say is impressive. But all it means is when another round of funding comes with something else on roading we need to do, um, we might not get it because we've been given this money. So I would rather get money for things that are needed, not just grab this money and all of a sudden, oh, no, you've had that money handed out, you're not getting any more for a while. What would it take then for a big no for the council or the decision makers here just say no, sorry, not interested. Thank you for the offer. We're not buying uh, in. Yeah, that's the decision we have to make on the eighteenth of September. Well, how do you think that's going to go? I think it's fifty-fifty now at the moment. Um, you know, there are there are there are quite a few woke councillors. Um, oh, so you're saying that there are councillors who believe in cycling? Oh yes, yes. Yeah. Do they cycle themselves? Uh, well, funny enough, I'm probably the the biggest advocate um, that is against this design. Um, I've got to I've got to keep open, or else I you know lose the right to vote. So I'm keeping open on this, and I look at all options at, right up until the debate. Mm. But I'm the biggest advocate that I don't agree with these designs. Um, yet I've cycled to um, <laughs> the council more than any other council combined in the last ten years, which is quite ironic. But, Isn't that uh, interesting? You know, I, I've put my practical head on rather than my, um, you know, environmentally and let's do the right thing um, and, and let's create these 15-minute cities based on this sort of design. Oh, so is we, there a 15-minute city element to this, do you think? Yeah, there is. Um, and um, 
And, you know, we really need to, a lot of people don't realise that, but th there is a 15-minute city design in this. They want everyone to hop on their bikes and be able to go everywhere or hop on a bus. Um, they don't want people to they don't want people to take their cars, which which is really concerning. It's not the Kiwi way of life. Um, do the your fellow councillors understand what 15-minute cities are? Because we've heard from people who've had been to meetings in other parts of the country where local authorities have have you know, and uh, business uh, entities have or groups have put together meetings on this and it's turned out and it's been pretty obvious that the people who are um promoting this and and putting up the meetings for the public don't even know what it is <laughs> you know well i guess uh, it's the same you can use the same argument for co-governance a lot of uh, councillors don't actually understand actually what what the um pros and cons of co-governance are yeah, it's it's quite yeah. shocking. Um, so you know, you've got some councillors; they just they're just blind to the fact. Um, either way, on on many many issues. Okay, well, it'll be interesting to see how this um, this sort of shakes out, right? So we're going to keep an eye on this, and and we'll probably have another chat, Murray, if you don't mind. As uh, you mentioned, the eighteenth, obviously September. So let, let's yeah, see. Yeah, so we've got um. Between the fourteenth and the fifteenth, fourteenth and the seventeenth, we've got um, three days of uh, hearings. Right. I think there's, there's something like two hundred people that want to talk um, about this, you know. And I'd say they'd be more um, against it than for it. But uh, yeah, that'll that'll be interesting. That'll be interesting to see where that's heading. Um, but uh, yeah, it's. We are we are going to be the guinea pigs. So there are big cities that have got these cycleways, and they haven't really turned out very well, or, or even successful. And they've got the numbers and population. But as far as a small city, we are the guinea pigs, and right. I don't think we need to be guinea pigs um, at the cost of uh, many businesses and uh, home values being lost. Especially also when one cruise ship visit blows it out of the water for about five years. <laughs> oh, I know, I know, and that's. That's my point. You know, uh, are we really doing this for the right reasons or are we just virtue signaling? Yeah. Okay, Murray Chong, a New Plymouth District Councillor, thanks for coming on and explaining all that. And we will get back, back in touch at around that time and we'll be very interested to see how it, it, it goes. That's great. Thank you. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio.